Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. our timeline this afternoon. The Giants make it official. They move safety Landon Collins to IR. As Josina Anderson reported yesterday, he had season-ending surgery after tearing his labrum Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Sources tell our Adam Schefter that former Bills wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin, who did clear waivers yesterday, is visiting with the Kansas City Chiefs today. Hello there. We're happy to have you with us on this Thursday. Teddy Bruschi, Darren Woodson, Adam Schefter, I'm Wendy Nix. We will start this afternoon with some unfortunate quarterback news. Redskins QB Alex Smith suffered two broken bones in his lower right leg two and a half weeks ago. Adam Schefter reported the injury was a compound spiral fracture and that he would face a lengthy rehab. Redskins coach Jay Gruden commenting the day after the injury said he did not suffer any ligament damage and put a recovery time frame at six to eight months. Diana Rossini joins us now. She's been following this story. What more can you tell us, Diana, about Smith's injury? Good afternoon, Wendy. You know, this is a very sensitive story to report, and it's something we have been keeping an eye on for about a week now. Uh, here, here's what I know. Alex Smith, he's still in the hospital. He's been there since November 18th, and he is not gonna, going to be leaving anytime soon. He's had multiple surgeries on his leg, and sources have shared with me that there have been more than five surgeries, and the issues now are actually from an infection from those surgeries. There is serious, serious concern that this infection could be so difficult to recover from that it could be career-ending for Alex. Uh, sources also shared with me that the family's been very positive, they're very optimistic, but they are very aware of the severity of this. Um, sources I spoke to within the Redskins organization, they've been very, very quiet about the situation. And they tell me they're just hoping for a full recovery for Alex. And, you know, guys, while there is concern that this is career ending, there is actual concern for the health of his leg doing just basic everyday things like walking. So while I know it's our job to focus on his football career, this could be an uphill battle for the full recovery of Alex or for Alex Smith's leg. Diana, point well taken. Thank you. Amid reports of the severity of Smith's injury, the Redskins did release a statement. On behalf of Alex Smith, we appreciate all of the concerns and prayers over the injury he incurred November 18th against the Texans. Although this is a serious injury, Alex and his family remain strong. We would ask that everyone please honor the Smith family's request for privacy at this time. Adam, clearly not the development in any way, shape, or form anyone hoped for. Well, let's look at this and first and foremost say we hope that Alex Smith is okay. Without that is the first thing that is the most important thing here of all. But literally last week this came up, this particular, the details of this. And the people around the Redskins and his family were very, very protective of this particular injury and all that came along with it. When the Washington Redskins released a statement today in reaction to some information that had surfaced on a blog in Washington, they basically said, when they say, we hope that you respect the privacy of the family and that our thoughts are with Alex, you knew right then and there how serious this actual injury was. 
no matter how many surgeries Alex has had already, no matter how long he is and will be in the hospital, no matter how much his career is threatened. Again, as Diana succinctly said, you hope that Alex Smith is okay first and foremost, but you know the severity and gravity of this particular situation by the statement that the Redskins released in trying to basically calm it down, but in alerting the world that this is a major ordeal that Alex Smith is now fighting. Well, again, underscoring the point that first and foremost, we wish the best for Alex Smith and his family. Uh, It's hard to believe, but on Thursdays, we turn the page to a new week. And this time around, that means week 14, which will get underway tonight. Jacksonville ended its seven-game losing streak last week by shutting out Andrew Luck and the Colts. The Titans sit one game behind the Ravens. They're still in the mix for the AFC's second wildcard spot, but have just a 13% chance to make the playoffs. That is per our football power index. We know Marcus Mariota is extremely important to this Titans team. Is he turning the corner in time to save the season, Darren? I think so, and it's, I think it's a great combination between he and office coordinator Matt LaFleur. They've been working together extremely well, and we're starting to see not just a short passing game. We've seen Mariota in years past. It's been a short passing game and beating teams with his legs. Now we're starting to see... More explosive plays down the field toward wide receivers Corey Davis and Taewon Taylor, guys that are making taking shots, and that's why you're seeing the growth patterns. Not just the short games, the crossing routes. It's the big big plays, the exciting plays, and the plays that you can really get your outside receivers involved with. That's what we're seeing in Marcus Mariota. That's the growth. That's the maturation. That process that needs to take take place. And Matt Lafleur again is doing a great job in handling that. Well, he'll have to face this Jaguars defense. They're good, but they are not anywhere near the dominant force. They were a season ago. Uh, Teddy, what have you seen in the recent weeks with that defense? Well, particularly last week, guys, is less busts in coverage. Let's start with that because the, the, the plays of where opponents' receivers would catch the ball and have the time to turn and then turn up field and get extra yards before they even started converging, those type of busts in communication, the busts in coverage, those weren't happening. And when they were, were receiving those footballs, tackling, they were right on those guys in terms of no yards after catch. You see him getting after that. That's a fourth down stop right there. Ngakwe coming off the edge. He was showing up. Calais Campbell was showing up. So almost, I want to say the Jacksonville defense of old, you know, but I want to say this about them being a championship defense, what like they were and what they are now. It's, it's just, it's exhausting to have to play this type of defense to win a 6-0 game, mm, yeah. right? Yeah. Week in, week out, knowing your offense has a backup quarterback, Fournette's going to come back, yes, of course, but knowing that you can't get production offensively and we got to shut guys out, we got to take the ball away, maybe we got to score to win. It's a frustrating mentality that can sometimes exhaust And that's you. grueling during the week. Because that starts, that mindset starts on Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. No one going into the game like we have to perform. We have to perform to at the highest level just to don't. even have a chance because our offense is not going to give us anything, and it's and it's it, it can really divide a locker room at the same time. Well, we've talked about this time and time again. Stop me if you've heard it before, but I'll ask again: What is the future, Adam, of Blake Bortles in Jacksonville? I think everybody can see what his future is. Yeah. Basically, they gave him a contract during the offseason, and the issue that they're dealing with is what happens to him if they decide to move on from him. That would be a $16.5 million salary cap hit, the biggest hit that any team has ever taken for a single player in NFL history, more than the 
Cleveland Browns were willing to take for Brock Osweiler for getting the second-round pick back from the Houston Texans, a pick, by the way, that they turned into Nick Chubb. So the pick worked out well, but is it worth $15.5 million worth of cap space? That's a whole other question. In this particular instance, the Jaguars gave more money to Blake Bortles during the offseason. He's been benched this season for Cody Kessler, who will make the start tonight against the Tennessee Titans. And maybe Jacksonville could find somebody with cap room to take on Blake's contract and trade a pick the way that the Houston Texans did. Mm. But I think it's fair to say that Jacksonville knows that it's got to find a quarterback, whoever that quarterback yeah. is, to try to help revive this a quarterback team. that can take care of the football that well, will turn it over also this identity of the Jacksonville Jaguars was so based on Leonard Fournette yeah. and, and when Leonard Fournette gone. pulled that hamstring early on and it took him weeks to come back and then he goes ahead and slugs somebody in Orchard Park and he suspended a game he is very valuable to that team almost more so than the quarterback because of that running game that gives the quarterback those third and manageables that you can get those three four five yards on first down from Fournette it. Yeah. If you don't have that and your quarterback's not playing well, then you need to shut guys out. Exactly. <laughs> and here we go again, and but, round yeah. and round we but go. But you're right. The future is they have to go find someone out there that's serviceable at the quarterback. So, that's the only way you win this. So, who's that gonna, so are they going to go get Teddy Bridgewater? That'd be a good pick. That'd be a good That'd one. Be, that would yeah, be an inspiring choice yeah. in the locker room. He's yes. a free agent after this year. Joe Flacco, maybe. It's okay. That would be an interesting yeah, name. Interesting. With everything going on in Baltimore, yes. with Lamar Jackson, there's Darren two names. stirring the pot Let's go and stir it up right now. Just toss it Anybody else? I'm sure there are, Adam. Let's, sort of <laughs> Let's stop there. For now. Listen, Coughlin they do couple. give Fournette back tonight after the one-game suspension. But, Teddy, you talked about turnovers. Here's this for perspective. is 74 interceptions for Blake Bortles, 93 total turnovers. They lead the league uh, over the course of uh, – during the span of, let's see, 2014 to – I have no idea. He turns four <laughs> He turns it over. There I cannot get it out, but Wendy, he turns it's the It's a ball lot over. of interceptions in recent it's, years. Listen, there's a no, number of ways you can put it, but we'll just leave it at that. All right. It's overload. All right, it's hard to believe we are now heading into week 14. It does hit the home stretch of the season where teams are making playoff pushes, and Sunday slate will feature a handful of pivotal matchups. Let's take a look at some of these games because just about everyone matters. We've got a matchup between the Ravens and the Chiefs. Teddy, what you're watching for? Everyone can watch that Kansas City offense and how explosive it is, but I'll be watching the Lamar show because I believe this is the proper formula to to also beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to run the football. Our quarterback can run the football 11 on 11. We're going to grind this clock down, hope our defense gets a couple turnovers, an extra couple extra possessions. But I want to see Lamar Jackson play that quarterback position, made a couple throws on third down. You might pull off the upset, young man. He might. He's been electric. Andrew Luck and the Colts facing the Texans. They've won nine in a row, Darren. Well, I'm going with the other Lamar. Lamar Miller in this case here. As far as the running back position, the vision that he has, the explosiveness, the, the ability to take the distance when he has to at the same time. But we're talking about a guy who's 27 years old, who's seen it all. Every defensive coordinator has thrown things at him. He continues to adjust and make big play after big play. The reason why this team is on this winning streak is because Lamar Miller is having a great season. All right, speaking of winning streaks, they've won three in a row, but things changed a little bit for Denver Yesterday, of course, Shefty, what you're keeping your eye on in this one? We have the receivers in this one. It's going to be up to Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, 
the rookie wide receivers to help save the Broncos' unlikely postseason push. Philip Lindsay's been electric, but they're going to need more plays to replace Emmanuel Sanders, who tore his Achilles during practice. If Lindsay can keep scoring touchdowns like that, then Denver can keep alive its postseason push. The Patriots take their talents to South Beach. They'll face the Di- Dolphins, a place they often struggle in December. Teddy, what you watching? That's right, Wendy. Brady has struggled down there in South Beach. So has the entire Patriot team. And how do you fix those those struggles? Run the football with Sony Michelle because they cannot just not. It's not only South Beach, Wendy. It's the road. This team has to prove they can win on the road. They've lost in Detroit, in Jacksonville. Okay. In Tennessee, they got to prove they can win on the road consistently to be a championship football team. On the road, six and six, the Eagles still in the mix. Philly facing the Cowboys, they need to contain Zeke Elliott in that running game. Darren, that's the only way they win football games. Teddy just said it. Hey, listen, you got to win. You want to win football games in this league, especially on the road or at home. The Cowboys' identity is. Give the ball to Zeke, let him eat, and make sure your identity is the offensive line controlling the line of scrimmage, which they have done. The Cowboys need this guy, Zeke, to win the ball game. And closing things out on Sunday night, it's the Rams and the Bears. Shefty, the game featuring the NFL's two highest-paid defensive players, Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. Yeah, probably the two best defensive players in the year, Wendy, who were paid one day apart. The first, the Rams paid Aaron Donald on a Friday. The Bears traded for Khalil Mack on a Saturday. Both men got paid both men cashed in, and both men have made a tremendous difference to their respective teams now lining up on Sunday night. What a game. What a game for the Sunday night finale. There is plenty to plenty to watch. Uh, I know who will be watching. I'm just like, listen, he's, he's texting it's and talking Thursday. at the same time. Listen, I I've can't never even seen speak, that before. so I'm impressed. I've never, I've never seen that before. I can't even speak and do nothing else. And he can him. He can talk. Only Adam Schefter. And, and I think he could do, too. I swear I do and continue to talk. Steve Young joins us now. Steve, Aaron Donald, and Khalil Mack, the stuff of nightmares, of course, for quarterbacks. We're going to talk about the key for each of these quarterbacks in this game. And let's start with Jared Goff facing Khalil Mack. You know, by the way, Shefty, every parent in the world saying, what are you teaching my kids? I mean, what, at the dinner table, put the phone down. Every man. parent and my wife, Steve. Every yeah. parent and my wife, Jeez. Steve. As a parent of children, stop it. <laughs> at least he's not you driving. Got it, Dad. He's not driving. We got that going for us. Uh, go, go, look, it, you talk about Goff and Cleo Mack matching up against each other. Like, whoa, it's a big. It's really Vic Fangio. If you think about Vic Fangio when the, the 49ers were great in the 2012, 2013, Justin Smith, Alden Smith, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman. He's got the same kind of thing going with the Bears right now. Floyd, Fuller, Akeem uh, Hicks, um, uh, Rokon Smith, Khalil Mack. Like, Vic Fangio is the the, the, G, the defensive genius that now has all these pieces to the puzzle that's going to make it tough. So Jared Goff's got to be super careful. And I think, you think about Sean McVay, he's going to try to steal a couple possessions, maybe fake fake punt. You know, he's going to try to find ways to have a couple more possessions because he's going to need them. Because this is a great matchup. If defense has a chance... Teddy, if defense has a chance in the future of the NFL, this is the game to check out because, you know, we're going to really find out. All right, Steve, it, it looks like at least we expect that Mitchell Trubisky will be back and start for the Bears on Sunday night. So if that's the case, what's the biggest challenge for him or what does he have to do against Aaron Donald? Well, Aaron Donald is like Lawrence Taylor. I mean, honestly, you just you cannot stop him. And so you got to put two and you're going to have to chip and you have to do all the stuff and you have to slide to him and all the things we had to try to do for Lawrence Taylor back in the day, and uh, he's that good. And that if uh, Sue and other defenders pick up the pace, this can be one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, if, uh, 
Uh, Akeem Talib is healthy. This is a team that I think is the one of the, you know, number one in offense and could be number one in defense. And that's why I say the only reason they don't go to the Super Bowl is their own fault. The truth in my mind is if those supported casts around Aaron Donald play with the ferociousness that he does, and they can do that. I've seen them week to week. There's times when they take it off, times when they play hard. This is one where they got to come because if they do, that defense could be one of the best in the league as well. All right, I want to ask you about one more quarterback because he's been so dynamic and he'll face a tough defense this weekend, and that is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what do you expect from Mahomes against that Ravens defense? Well, the Ravens defense is, you know, a lot of defenses say, look, we're going to give up all the yards between the 30s and between the 20s, but when we get the red zone, we're going to be killing. That's not the Ravens. The Ravens come on the field, we're taking you down. Three and out, you're gone. And so to me, Patrick Mahomes is going to be about sustained drives. The Ravens' defense is not what you've seen other decent defenses or even good defenses you've seen in the league. They come on the field, they're going to try to put you out right away. Now, down in the red zone, they're not as good. So Patrick Mahomes has a super focus on the commodity work in between the 30s because if he can get down there, they can put some points on the board. But it's continuing those drives, the third and third and eights, third and sevens, the converting will be the key for the Chiefs. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire, but with Geico, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. It's our quarterback spotlight, and Steve, give me a quarterback with the best matchup this week. I know, don't panic. Eli Manning <laughs> going to Washington. First of all, if Eli gets protected, he has weapons. I'm sure that's what they were dreaming about at the beginning of the season for the Giants, so that he'd get that protection, and he could be you know, pretty productive. The reason why I think he's my, my best matchup is because he's going to Washington. I was watching Washington on Monday night. With Mark Sanchez, that team was, it was 14-13. I said, there's never been a bigger lead in the history of the game than 14-13 over the Redskins. They're not going to do anything, and, no, and they didn't, and they're not going to. So to me, the best matchup is play the Redskins right now because they're not going to score any points. It's been a difficult stretch, no, no question about that. How about a quarterback with a difficult matchup? I think Lamar Jackson going to Kansas City. Um, look, he's been able to run around, make enough plays to win football games. And if they don't, if the Kansas City Chiefs don't get shut down, which at home, I can't, even with the, the, uh, the Ravens defense, they're not going to shut them down under four touchdowns. So you're going to have to score 28. How do you do that? Well, they're going to force them. The Chiefs defense, is, uh, if anything, is, has the speed and athleticism. They will cut off the running lanes and just force Lamar to beat him with the throw. People talk about it. I think they can actually do it. And especially in Kansas City with the noise with Lamar's first time there, that's not a great matchup. All right, Steve, a quarterback you want regardless. I took Tom Brady off for a week and I paid for it. Tom basically said, look, if you don't think I can go run for another, you know, I'm going to run for a thousand yards this week. And he made me look dumb. Like he's setting records and I didn't pick him last week. So I'm back on the train. All of New England thanks you, Steve. Don't worry. You know, you spit out five yards last week and you went for a thousand. And did you notice at the end of the game when he did the snap, you know, the kneel down, he's like he went for the not not loss of one because he knew he he wanted to stay a thousand yards. You don't think Tom cares about the little things? Holy crap, watch out for that guy. All right, Steve, you know he's 7-9 and nine against the Dolphins career-wise. 1-5 in, in December. But I don't care. Okay, all right, I'm, give, I'm giving Wendy, you an out. Do not try to jinx me, man. This is <laughs> you, you got me off of it one week, I'm not going okay, there. Okay, listen, I like it. I, I, I hear you. How about a breakout candidate? I, look, I watched Carson Wentz also with Darren Sproles. Golden Tate got involved. 
We know that he's got Zach Hurts is going to catch 15 balls. That off the, all of a sudden, Doug Peterson has some weapons to kind of get. He's a great play caller. He has some people to kind of help out. And Carson's now played a couple of months, three months of football. I just feel like the, the Eagles offense is coming. Now they go to Dallas. When I say breakout, I think the Eagles offense is going to have their best game of the year. And we just hope that they're going to hope that it's enough to beat the great Cowboy defense. All right, Steve, quarterback bingo coming up. So you're not, you're not done just yet. We'll be back with you shortly. Right now, though, we'll turn to Adam Schefter with a storyline he's watching regarding our quarterbacks. Adam? Wendy, Sunday night, the Rams and Bears square off, and it looks like Mitchell Trubisky is going to be back behind center. That's his and the Bears' expectation right now is that Trubisky will be starting Sunday night in a big game in a potential playoff preview, Trubisky versus Jared Goff. <laughs> Excuse me. And this is a shoulder injury that he has been battling the last couple of weeks. Chase Daniel has started while he has been sidelined. But right now, Trubisky has come along well enough in practice to make everybody believe that he is now the expected starter on Sunday night. Chicago needs him back, Wendy. They do indeed, and it can't, uh, can't be any sooner. Thank you, Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter joins us now from the Domino's pregame HQ. Adam, what's next in terms of Reuben Foster and his football future? Well, listen, I think that's a question right now that legal authorities and the NFL are all trying to deal with. The Washington Redskins, when they claimed him on waivers from the 49ers and surprised much of the league, did it with the idea that Reuben Foster would be playing in 2019. Now, there's a legal situation that's unfolding. We'll see whether or not he's found guilty, whether he has to serve jail time. That'll be one major issue of this situation. And then, of course, the NFL will have to act. And the NFL, I think, has had a rough couple of weeks here dealing with a couple of these issues. And the NFL is going to want to make sure that it gets this one exactly right. So there are some major obstacles in front of Reuben Foster as the league and authorities, legal authorities, try to sort out his future, which is still a way away from being decided. Long way to go here. Uh, Adam, Melvin Gordon dealing with an MCL sprain in his right knee. He missed last week's game. Uh, what does it look like for this week against the Bengals? When he was running on the side yesterday, and the Chargers have not given up hope that he could potentially be back this week, though it certainly seems like a stretch. And my understanding all along is that the Chargers were hoping that Melvin Gordon would be ready one week from tonight when the Chargers play the Chiefs in a game that could be pivotal in the playoff race in the AFC and for the AFC West title. And so the Chargers are not ready to rule him out for this week just yet. They're still holding out some hope that he could be back, but certainly it looks like he's on track to potentially be back next week if he can't make it back in time for this week's game. And if he can't, it would mean another dose of Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, who was very impressive in his performance last week against Pittsburgh. We'll circle back to our top story this afternoon. That's regarding Washington quarterback Alex Smith and his injured leg, which unfortunately, Adam, has had some complications. Well, the Washington Redskins released a statement asking everybody to respect Alex Smith's privacy. You heard Diana Rossini detail at the outset of NFL Live that Alex Smith remains hospitalized right now. He's dealing with infections after multiple surgeries to his broken leg and that there is concern that this is a potentially career-threatening injury. Now, look, everybody hopes Alex Smith is okay. That is where everybody's focus is right now. But clearly, the gravity of the situation was reflected in the statement that the Redskins released earlier today asking for people to respect his privacy. Certainly wishing for the best in terms of his health. Adam Schefter, thank you. NFC East showdown Sunday between the Eagles and Cowboys. The Cowboys' four-game win streak has 
put them at the top spot in the division. The 6-6 six and six Eagles, though, still in the hunt, but have the NFL's toughest remaining schedule, according to our Football Power Index. We've got reporters with both teams. We'll say hello to Eagles reporter Tim McManus for the Cowboys' Todd Archer. And, Tim, let's start with you. It's been a heated rivalry between these two teams going all the way back to the Bounty Bowl in 1989. What's the latest trash talk with these two? Linebacker Kamu Gruje-Hill saying that the Dallas Cowboys are chokers, so we're going to go to Dallas and make them choke. Now, his teammates aren't exactly <laughs> backing him up. You know, quarterback Carson Wentz speaking at the podium today and saying, you know, I have a lot of respect for the Cowboys, and I don't want to get into that. Uh, Coach Doug Peterson on a conference call with the Dallas media today saying the same thing that Wentz did and adding that it's unfortunate that one of his players gave bulletin board material. Now, there's nobody in the building that thinks this is going to be like the make or break thing, right? There's so much on the line anyway that a little trash talk isn't going to decide who wins on Sunday. But if anything, it's looked at maybe not the smartest comments because it's one that can certainly come back to bike Rouget Hill. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're going to try to clean that one up. There's no question. Todd Archer, what is the Cowboys' mindset ahead of this game after winning four in a row? Yeah, Wendy, in all honesty, it's a lot like it was going into that Philadelphia game. Ezekiel Elliott telling us that our backs are still against the wall. We have to have this game if they're going to make the playoffs. And you talk to Jason Garrett this week, and you know a lot of coaches bring out motivational slogans or mousetraps and say, don't eat the cheese. But Garrett just say, hey, look, Let's have a good practice on Thursday, and then we'll worry about Friday, then we'll worry about Saturday, and then we'll worry about game day. So none of the players are really buying into anything that was set up in Philadelphia yesterday or anything that happened leading into this game. Uh, Mari Cooper said it might be a must-win for the Eagles, but it's still a must-win for the Cowboys, too, if they want to win the division. So that's their mindset going into it, and a young team. Cowboys have just 10 starters, quote, starters remaining from that 2016 team still in the same positions they're in right now. So this is a young team still trying to find their way and not eating the cheese. Not eating the cheese. Todd Archer, thank you. And I will say this. It seems to me that one of uh, Jason Garrett's biggest streaks is his consistency. I mean, he just sets that even keel, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low a month ago when we said he was on his way out. Now he's won four in a row. All right. Uh, running back spotlight, Darren, who do you like this weekend? I like Christian McCaffrey this week going up against the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns can't stop a versatile running back. They've had troubles with Melvin Gordon a few weeks ago, James Conner, guys that are versatile, can catch the ball out of the backfield, run between tackles, they have those problems. And Christian McCaffrey has been on fire the last four games. Look for him to have another big day this week against this Cleveland Browns defense. All right, TB, who has a difficult matchup ahead? Well, I'll go with the Philadelphia Eagles running backs. I mean, this, it's going to be – have you seen this Dallas Cowboy defense play lately? They're playing, playing great. Well. Players like Josh Adams, he started out great, but now he's slowing down a little bit. And Darren Sproles is back, I understand. But watching Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch and this entire front seven of the Dallas Cowboys play, they fly, fly around. I mean, the energy that they pursue with is tremendous. So I think this is going to be a tough matchup for the Philadelphia running game. All right, Darren, a running back you want regardless of the matchup. I'm going with Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott this week. I think this is going to be a game that's going to have a playoff atmosphere and the best playmaker on the field is going to show up, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. Listen, in the last you know, four weeks, 115 touches, 667 yards, and five TDs, and he's had his way against his Eagles defense in the past. 
he's they're going to feed him again. It's not going to be on Dak. It's going to be on Ezekiel Elliott in that offensive line to create some holes for the big plays. Watch out. Over 116 yards per game against the Eagles in his career, yeah. so he knows how to do it. Please tell me you did not find a way, Teddy, to work <laughs> well, here in we go again. Barkley because here we you go. cannot pick him for okay. breakout. Just, just hear me out here. Breakout okay. candidate, Please. okay? Breakout candidate. Yes. It is Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. And why is he breaking up? Because he continues to break records, okay? Breaking records. He just broke the Giants' rushing record that held for 82 years. His rookie season is in this conversation with Eric Dickerson and Adrian Peterson. He's breaking records, okay? Rushing, receiving, he does it all. Try to tackle this guy. It's not going to happen. He's going to break out again this game. This summer. You said, Wendy, last week. Oh, even, even against that Chicago Bear defense, 125 last yeah, week. Yeah, listen. 125. I'm, you broke out last week, too. He's breaking out again. We're going to give you running back with worst matchup every week. Every here, week. Because That's you know exactly. he won't take Saquon. <laughs> that is the only way that you won't choose Saquon Barkley. So true. I'll find a way <laughs> to make it look good. And turn those tables. Spin All right. Baby. Uh, one more ang- angle here, the fantasy angle. Here's Matthew Barry. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm skipping you. But what's the storyline? You go first, and then we'll get to Matthew. <laughs> storyline. The running back storyline they're watching this week is James Conner and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers already have ruled out James Conner. And yesterday, Jalen Samuels told Jeremy Fowler that he and Stephen Ridley are going to rotate. They're going to share. Jalen Samuels will start out the game. Ridley will come in for a series. Then Samuels, then Ridley, and so on and so forth. Until I would imagine, and this I'm surmising, one of these backs gets hot and shows a little bit of momentum, and then they'll probably stick with one of those guys, assuming that one of these guys gets rolling. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, as they try to win the AFC North against the Baltimore Ravens, missing James Conner this week. That's the running back storyline I'm watching. Thank you for asking, Wendy. Yeah, you're right. Anytime. It's the holiday season. It's nice to share. You know, I want to get a little sharing story in there. Now here's Matthew Berry with running back love hate. Thanks, Wendy. A running back I love to exceed his projection on ESPN this week, Leonard Fournette. Off the suspension. Remember, in the three games since returning from injury, Fournette averaging over 26 touches per game. He's also scored five times and has over 100 receiving yards in that stretch. And yes, the Titans defense has played well for most this year, but over the last three weeks, they're actually giving up over 175 rushing yards per game. I want the over on Fournette's projection of 15.5. As for running back, I'm not so crazy about this week. It's the Chiefs' Spencer Ware. Now, I actually like him for a lot for the rest of the season, okay? And I, I do think he gets more work moving forward than he did this past Sunday. The matchup with Baltimore this week absolutely brutal. Since their Week 10 bye, opposing running backs averaging under 40 rushing yards per game against the Ravens. Baltimore giving up just 2.6 yards per carry to running backs in that stretch. I'm picking the under on where... Okay, listen, this is how bingo works. Everybody knows there's balls in the thing and you spin it. There's 32 balls Caution. representing Caution. all 32 teams. What's that, Steve? You with Steve Young? Caution, be He's careful right. about me. He's right. worried about Teddy because he tends to get hurt when we play this game. Careful. He's going to talk about the quarterback, Steve Young. That would be he. Okay. Get a ping pong ball. ball. I need to stop talking. Here we go. Who's picking? That's a good one, Wendy. The Tennessee Titans. Picking, and he picked the Titans. Going Mariota. We're going to talk about Marcus Mariota a little bit. Matt Lafleur, I. If you're not, if you're not watching the Rams or the Chiefs, and truly, a lot of teams, if I, I would just take the Rams offense from the week before and just copy it. I would take the uh, the Chiefs offense from the week before and just copy it. Copycat. And that's what the Titans have done Copycat. with Matt LaFleur. They said, look, we're going to bring in the Rams offense, and we think Marcus Mariota can be that kind of quarterback. And I, you, that, for the first time in my life, I actually am interested in watching Titans offense. I mean, in the history of the Titans, 
This is the first time I've been interested. And to me, that's going to keep Marcus Mariota interested and, and prolific. I, I, I have a, I still believe Marcus Mariota is going to be fine, but he does need some help. And if you're not going to get him help, then he's going to flounder. But they've done the, the most important thing is start to set the tone for who the Titans offense is going to be. It's not going to be eye formation, two tight ends, and run the football and play great defense. They've now realized that that is, that, that those days are gone. And we're going to come into the you know, 2018s and we're going to try to compete. So I appreciate that they've made the fundamental shift. This is just the beginning. Mike Vrabel went in there. He has a plan. They're trying to get things established, obviously. Oh. But you know what? Not a bad first campaign. Yeah, not a bad. This and Corey Davis is a factor. Yeah, and, they're, and they're still Absolutely. winning. I mean, you know, it'll be yeah. a tough road, but you never know. All right, Darren All right. gets to, to spin. Spin this thing. Yeah. All right, am I going to cut my hand doing this? You know, I haven't even seen fine. this thing. What does it look like? You can't. You don't see want it? to know. You, I, well, I can't. See, I've never we'll seen see it. See if we can get It's definitely not championship quality. San Francisco 49ers, Mr. Kittle. Oh, well, so, have fun, Steve. Mullins. Uh-huh. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. A uh, big, bigger issue, right? What have we learned about the 49ers? And up until two weeks ago, we're like, hey, we lost our quarterback. We're going to be good. And then the last couple of weeks, you're like, well, maybe we're not that good. We have a lot of holes. And so in Jimmy Garoppolo, if we put the team two together the last two weeks and the first three games when Jimmy was one and two, who are, are maybe it's not just about the quarterback. So that's the fear, is that when Jimmy comes back next year, what team does he, you know, do we have? We came in this year with the perception that we could be a playoff team, nine and seven, ten and six. And now we end the year, we're like, I don't know what we're gonna be. And we got some big holes to fill. And some of our big um, draft choices haven't worked out. So Jimmy Garoppolo, number one's gotta stay healthy for next year. But then again, who are the 49ers? And that's not the way you want to spend six months talking about next season. Because that, remember last year they finished so strong. It was like, it was like awesome six months. This six months is going to be a big hole for the 49ers to try to fix. See what he did there? He went big. Yeah, great, too, yeah. yeah, see, he's a pro. Oh, yeah, when well, you talk about Nick Mullins, you want to talk no, about no, Nick no. Mullins? I, like, okay. I know, you're let's a talk, pro. Let's you're talk a pro, about Steve. Nick Mullins. I'm sure everybody can't wait yeah. to hear about it. Must see TV. <laughs> All right, stand by. Teddy's choosing another ping pong ball. Or what big oh, players up. Uh, stay, okay. stay in the Bay Area, Steve. You're doing Oakland a great Raiders. job. How about Derek Carr, my friend? All right, well, I'm going to try to do the same thing here. Like it's, At the Good end idea. of the season, now that John Gruden's been there, I thought for sure that Derek Carr would look better. That he would be, you know, like, oh, my gosh, with a great coach like that and they're running a great offense, he's going to – and I don't know that I finished the season right now going, I'm not thinking that Derek's better than what I thought he was at the beginning of the year. And so that's where the concern is. Yeah, they've lost guys. They've lost momentum. The locker room. They're just trying to win, you know, trying to finish out the year and you know, make a big draft choice and try to re-energize people. But I just don't feel like Derek's improved, which is now, cons- like, I'm scared to death. Like, John, you've had him for four months and he's not getting better. I understand. Weapon. I understand all the stuff around him, but I want to see him improving. And I'm not seeing it. And that's what scares me about the future. Because if Derek Carr's not going to get better with John Gruden... You don't want to start to – if the Raiders have to start asking about who's going to quarterback in the future, forget it. They got they got so many issues they can't they can't solve all those. Steve, this is keeping right you up there. at night. Derek yeah, Clark, yes. Steve, Bay Area, Barry quarterbacking. Yeah, it's making I, me I, crazy. I can understand. Listen, that's it. I don't think you got chipped here. You know, Darren yeah, doesn't get another one, but we'll we'll do it again next week. Yeah. Uh, Steve, as always, thank you, my friend. Earth projection of thirteen point eight. Over the last 16 seasons, 16 teams have run the table from a losing record 
to make the playoffs. And Darren, Teddy, you both did it. In fact, I think in both cases went on to win a Super Bowl. What's it take to sort of adapt that mentality from this point on and run the table? Well, it takes a lot of mindset. And, and for us in 93, it was, you know, we played a Thanksgiving Day game against the Miami Dolphins. The game was close. And at the end of the game, there's that whole fumble where that play where Leon Lett touched the ball and we ended up losing that football game. But it was a rallying cry after that because – we won. We wanted to protect our friend Leon Lett because he had such an amazing uh, season. But at the same time, we rallied behind Leon and the rest of the team, and, and it really actually gelled us together. That that incident Happy gelled accident. us back together, and we won every game going forward and ended up winning the Super Bowl. But it was a tough one. And you were on that team where Emmett separated his shoulder. Same year in '93 in in uh, New York, and it was another another situation where Emmett was banged up, got hurt, and in, in early in the game and continue to play through it but it, I think it all started on that Thanksgiving Day game. Yeah, mo- Momentum is a powerful thing when you feel yeah. like it's going and going and things are going right for you because uh, when Brady was in and we continued after that five and five uh, that five and five mark and ended up going nine and oh after Thanksgiving I mean you need mental toughness as a team you need good coaching you need good players you need good fortune yeah. too because I mean, there was that playoff game versus the Oakland Raiders where some think that was a, fu- that was a so, fumble. So, some people some do still do. That. We some, went into yeah, Pittsburgh that. for the <laughs> AFC Championship game. We returned two kicks for touchdowns oh, wow. that got us there. And then Ty Law takes a pick six versus the Rams in the Super Bowl to win that one. So these are non-offensive touchdowns yeah. that we're scoring. So every unit of the team ends up contributing. The ball ends up rolling your way sometimes because good fortune plays a big role. You know, it's funny. I remember that season so well. And you just felt like sort of it was just sort of meant to be. Obviously, you were doing all you could do and the team was. But it just... There was a point where you thought this is this is going to continue, and it and of course it, it did. Uh, streaking teams. Let's take a look at who's most likely this time around to run the table. So Houston, riding a nine-game winning streak, they started 0 and 3, which is crazy. The Cowboys have turned around their season. They've won four in a row. They're in the driver's seat in the NFC East. Baltimore, Denver, Seattle, and the Rams have won three in a row. And of those six teams, five had a losing record before the streak began. The Rams, of course, not among that group. Uh, Teddy, who's the most likely out of this group to run the table, in your opinion? Uh, if I'm thinking about maybe a team and a coach that can take, take a win and then turn it into a bunch, I'm going to think about the Tennessee Titans, um, a team that's sitting there with a favorable schedule going up. I think they play the – what are they at? They're, they got the Jags tonight. Then they're at the Giants. They play the Redskins and the Colts at home. But if I know Mike Vrabel and he can take a play and a game and parlay that into some type of motivational tactic and then continue that for about three to four weeks where you can win out to finish the season, I'll go with my old friend Mike Vrabel in the Tennessee Titans. When, when you flash up that list of teams, every team on that list except the Los Angeles Rams was counted out and left for dead yeah, at no one question. point in the season. We wrote off the Cowboys. You wrote off the Broncos. You wrote off the Ravens when they fell below yeah. 500. The Seahawks were dead at one point in time. All these teams, all those teams on that list, with the exception of the Rams, have all bounced back, and you wouldn't think that any of them would be able to make the unlikely playoff run that they have. But here they are today, all with a chance to make the postseason. To your point, not the Rams. That's been an entirely different situation, dominant from the outside. But everybody else, I mean, a month ago we talked about Jason Garrett and his future in Dallas, and he had to go and it was over. You buy the Cowboys. Can they push this thing through, Derek? I I think the Cowboys are a team that's there as well. But I look at the Seattle Seahawks, a team that has the next three out of four games are at home in Seattle. You know, they have a tough one here against Minnesota. 
uh, coming up, which is a winnable football game for them. And they play the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, coming up as well at home. But, you know, the only team that they play on the road would be the San Francisco 49ers in the next few weeks. And that's a winnable game as well. I think right now, if you're looking at a team that understands who they are in this league and the identity that they have as far as running the football, playing tough defense behind it, the Seattle Seahawks are, are sitting in the driver's seat. What you're going to see are players that you haven't heard of make a name for themselves yeah. too because it takes that too, I would think. that's what it takes to run the table like we're talking about or, or have a win streak of three four or five in a row all the way into the playoffs I mean no no one knew about some of those Cowboys players and all of a sudden these guys are making play after play after play and who's this Darren Woodson guy that you know and all of a sudden you got these players and it's like so what team what teams have these guys that can make those big plays you'll start learning about them well that Seattle defense a prime example somebody made the point this week they're sort of a year ahead exactly you know they we yes. didn't expect this maybe maybe this time next year but so far so good at least over the past month all right pass catcher spotlight all right we're gonna need some pass catchers to run the table as well teddy you get the best matchup okay the best matchup i'll go with juju smith schuster of the pittsburgh steelers going against the oakland raiders because juju is one of the top receivers out of the slot he's having huge success and the raiders are having are struggling defending that slot position Antonio Brown, of course, will get his attention, but this is what Juju can do. I mean, make it take a make a big play, take it to the house. He's got the run after catch ability, and the Raiders do not have success getting after the passer in terms of putting pressure on the quarterback. So Roethlisberger has a lot of time. Juju's there in the slot. Look for Juju to have a big game. And you don't want Juju. Roethlisberger to have a lot of time. No, that, 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 that no. usually doesn't end well for opposing defenses. How about a tough matchup? And I love this guy. George Kittle is going to be a superstar in this league. But this week, when you look at the matchup that he has against his Denver Broncos defense, even without Chris Harris, who's going to be who's lost to the season. This Broncos defense on all three levels has played at an amazing rate, and they're going to find ways to get pressure on you with Von Miller. George Kittle, who's the superstar of that uh, San Francisco 49ers offense, is going to have a rough day because the quarterback is going to have a tough time getting the ball out of his hands. Look for Denver, Denver Broncos defense to step up. Superstar, just it's not your week. Maybe. Not your week. Not, not your week. That's yeah. okay. We'll, we'll yeah. play again. Who do you want regardless? I'm going to take Adam Thielen. I mean, he's. I mean, there's a lot of great receivers I can choose from, but I expect a bounce back game from Thielen because the New England Patriots fo- focused a lot of attention because they knew about the relationship from Thielen and Kirk Cousins here. You even saw Thielen mouthing off to Coach Belichick. Now they have oh, a yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's yeah, a relationship. Like Happy holidays, Coach Belichick. Happy holidays. One of those conversations. But you know he's going to get nine to ten targets a game. Cousins is going to find him. I just like him this week to bounce back. All right, a pass catcher who may break out, unlike the running back who already broke out when he took Saquon Barkley. Breaking, record. <laughs> breaking <laughs> records. That's right. That was the It's hook. crazy to say this, but Jarvis Landry. I know Jarvis Landry has been under the radar you know, most of this season, and I think he's going to be a breakout candidate this week because we're watching a Carolina Panthers defense to give up big play after big play. They can't cover the slot. They can't cover on the outside. And, and you know at some point Jarvis Landry, with the competitiveness that he's going to have even coming to the end of the season, he's going to play hard, and Baker Mayfield will find him. Look for Jarvis Landry. Have a huge, huge wow. game this week. That's not one of those in a little bit. I know. A little bit. A while. What you watching? I think it's the storylines of the Denver Broncos wide receivers. Again, when Emmanuel Sanders goes down, that's a shock to everybody right now. And we mentioned Chris Harris being done 
potentially for the season. Demarius Thomas being in Houston. Now Emmanuel Sanders being gone. So it's time for Cortland Sutton making that catch right there to make more catches like that. It's time for Deshaun Hamilton, a rookie fourth-round draft pick. And don't forget, they also lost their tight end, Jeff Hireman, a couple of weeks yes. ago. Yep. So they are relying on Matt Lacoste at the tight end position. So there's really new targets all across the board in Denver as the Broncos have turned around this season on this unlikely playoff push. Yeah, they've turned it around. They've won, what, four in a row, but obviously a, a tough break yesterday. Matthew Barry, pass catcher, love, hate. Thanks, Wendy. Pass catcher I love to exceed his projection this week, Adam Humphreys of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, since week nine, no player in the NFL has more receiving touchdowns than Adam Humphreys. He also leads the Bucs with 26 catches in that span. And this week, he gets to face the Saints defense that's already allowed eight touchdowns in the slot this season, which is where Humphreys plays the majority of the snaps. Give me the over on his projection of 10.4 this week. As for a pass catcher I'm not so crazy about this week, it's Tyler Lockett. I get it. Lockett just keeps scoring touchdowns, but it's hard to ignore the fact that he's still averaging under five targets per game. His matchup with Minnesota this week, a major concern since week six. Vikings, a top seven defense in terms of deep completions and deep touchdowns allowed, which is how Lockett scores the majority of his fantasy points. Add in some potential shadow coverage from Xavier Rhodes, and I want the under on Lockett's projection of 11 points this week. We've got one more group to spotlight on this week 14 as we begin, at least tonight. It's the defense. I know you like it. It's about time. About time. But we saved the best for last, Darren, which is why I'm going to ask you, uh, what do we, D-lineman perhaps? D-lineman. Well, listen, he's a pass rusher. He's an outside linebacker, but he's a pass rusher, so I'm considering him a D-lineman. We are bending the rules. I'm going with Olivier (laughs) Vernon with the New York Giants. Listen, you talk about a pass rusher, too. Last week, two sacks, and we're seeing a Washington Redskins team right now where they're trying to roll out bodies there to protect the quarterback right now as far as their offensive line. Look for Olivier Vernon to come off that edge, get in one-on-one situations with that offensive tackle, and make big plays. He looks extremely good and came back from the injury since he's come back from the injury as far as putting pressure on quarterbacks. All right, linebacker, Teddy. The Rams are coming to town, to Chicago. They've got great linebackers there, but I'm not talking Khalil Mack. I'm talking Danny Trevathan. There we go. Off the ball, inside linebacker, run stuffer, so he's going to be the one that's going to be sideline to sideline and up between the tackles, getting Todd Gurley, stopping that run. It seems like double-digit tackle is just the norm for this guy. I mean, he's all over. He's productive. He's paired well with Roquan Smith. Danny Trevathan is a guy that makes monster hits also, possibly forcing a fumble. I like the way this, I like the way this guy plays. Yes. All right, let's now leave out the D-backs. What you got? Who am I going with? Your guy. Derwin James. You know I'm going with Derwin James. I'm going with the guy that's I got my guy. Going, you got your guy? guy? You got your guy. guy. Listen, Derwin James has had a, a great season. I think he, this week against the Cincinnati Bengals, he even pats his stats this season. I, in my opinion, one of the most, probably right now, the best safety in all of football because of his versatility, his ability to get some sideline to sideline, come up and play take, plays in the box, and then go get it when, when he has to go get it in an interception game. I, he's just, he's a good football player. All right, everybody's got their man. Got their I got Adam Schefter here. Uh, what's a defensive well, story? You. You're welcome. My guy, my man, is the Eagles linebacker, Kamo Grayjay Hill. Oh, you know what he said? Wow. Kamu Gruje Hill. That's right. Okay. He said that the Dallas Cowboys always choke. Mm. Now, they're going in there on Sunday. They're going to have a chance to make the Dallas Cowboys choke again. And I'm sure that Kamu Gruje Hill's comments have gotten a lot of play in the Cowboys locker room. When you say something like that, either you back it up and you become a hero in Philadelphia – 
or your team well, gets beat and it's, it becomes it's, embarrassing. You also for said you. Well, yeah. they choke and we're going there to make sure they choke. We're going to make it's them very choke. Very Demarcus so Lawrence like. Very. That's what, that's very, what scares me. You back it up? That's what scares me about <laughs> And therein lies the rub. Listen, I, we want to show you this because I think it's interesting and I do think it's important because I think a lot of us felt like it was unfortunate that Mike McCarthy did not get a chance to speak to the team. He was fired so quickly after his final game. This is from Rob Domofsky, and he says, McCarthy returned to Lambeau Field on Wednesday. That was yesterday. He spoke to the team with the blessing of the GM and the team president. His passion for the game and his love for the players was clearly evident, said Joe Philbin. He did a great job. And you know what? He didn't have a chance to do that. And so I think it's great that he was able to go back uh, with the blessing of those in charge and do that. Uh, Cody Kessler makes his first road start for the Jaguars tonight, and they get back Leonard Fournette from that one-game oh. suspension. I would imagine some fresh legs from yes. Leonard Fournette. All right, pick it, Darren. Yes. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars can score enough points or enough explosive points offensively to win this game on the road. They need Moss. Yep. <laughs> they don't have him. No, I'm going to go also the Tennessee Titans. As much as they're going to try to pound Leonard Fournette, Jarrell Casey is a great defensive tackle in the middle for that mm. team. Titans win this game. All right, things always work out a lot better when we don't all agree, right? Yeah, yes, they do. Yeah, sorry, Tennessee. I got the Titans, too. I just, wow. So yeah. yeah, clean sweep. Uh, all right, that's bad news for Tennessee. Bad news for Tennessee. No. Last week, though, no. somebody picked the Cowboys. Darren wasn't here. Didn't pick the Cowboys. I would have picked yeah. the Cowboys. I picked the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> that's not nice. Thanks, Wendy. <laughs>